meeting is being recorded. You look All great. Right. I'm glad you look healthy. You know, I'm amazed that I'm this healthy. I'm amazed. I, I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be bad. I mean, 36 hours of sleep will do that to you. Yeah, but I like, I don't know what happened Wednesday. I have no recollection of Wednesday. <laughs> Not much happened. Seriously. Thursday morning, I woke up on a tramp steamer coming around Nantucket fucking horn. It sounds like something out of a fucking Stephen King novella. <laughs> yeah, I I have zero recollection of the day Wednesday. Um, but yesterday I was like, this is going to be the end of me again. And then last night, late last night, I was like, holy shit, is this going away? Am I? So today I'm at like 90%. I feel great. I'm not pushing. I'm not getting crazy. But, you know, we didn't have to push this off. Um I did a little tidying up. I did a little writing on a little thread there. Right? Yeah, nice like, thread on Marlena. Kind of nice. I just showing people I got some thread chops. I love it. Um, <laughs> throughout the rest of the week, but we just had we had a date early on. We had a date. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have not even sorted out. I don't even know who paid or didn't pay yet. Yeah, we'll figure so that I, out. I just I just shut my laptop and walked away on Tuesday night. Man, it was it came on so fast and heavy. I just had to get out of Dodge. And so um, I don't know how that went. We, As far as a, a week in review, yeah, we didn't really have much. Um, but one thing that we've had in the last 10 or 15 days since I opened up uh, free agency ahead of season 10 is we've got new free agents. We do. So a lot of new people. Not only, We've got four new free agents that are paid, signed, sealed, delivered. We've got six that are, I've got two guys that are like trying to figure out three penny and when to jump in and whatever. Right. Uh, I would imagine more are coming. I, I know that we've had some tire kickers. We've had some people sort of swinging by getting a feel of things. And so with all, I mean, I'm guessing we're going to have 10 new free agents, like minimum for season 10, which is again, Twice what I expected. Okay. Um, if we continuously add 10 per season, I mean, it gets a little, gets a little wild. As far as There's slots for them on the teams, you know, especially with a new team being added every time. So they have a place. So to they got to there's, there's room. For, hey, believe me, there's plenty of room. Okay. And I do believe that we're going to see this, that season 10 is the season of the free agent. You know, I believe that, you know, season nine ends up being the season of the Cardinale, right? But I think season 10 is where some people who were like, you know what, I'm not really a franchise player. I don't really want to be told how to play. I want to be able to do whatever the fuck I want. I think some of those people are going to leave teams, go into free agency. I think some free agents are going to kick around and, and go, ah, you can actually do pretty well around here. I don't get the whole three penny thing. I'm not going to focus on that. So, you know, I'll just put some energy into that. And because as I announced free agents as a little group will be playing against teams. Right. The, the daily matchups are huge for free agents because then they can split a pot if they end up winning something. Exactly. And so um, with all that in play with daily opportunities to win three pennies, uh, with autonomy and, and, and freedom to do whatever, I think we're going to see a resurgence in free agency. 
we might see free agents form a union and they're like, let's get our little group big enough to where we're competing against these teams, like on the outside. Yeah. Well, and then they could, they could easily, you know, come together and have meetings. They have their own channel. They could talk strategy in there and figure it all out, you know? Um, and we've got, you know, tons and tons of people since the, the end of season nine, we've had what more than a dozen people pick up swipes. Oh yeah. Swipes have been flying. One happened last week, which we didn't touch on on the podcast, but it was really sweet, right? It was Brutalisti, okay? So Brutalisti is is a now husband and wife duo, formerly a boyfriend-girlfriend duo. Of ah, Grotto Wedding. Yes, Grotto Wedding. We all know how those end. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to that one. Over under right now is five months, guys. So congratulations. <laughs> but... But um, so Brutalisti, we know, we know, we, you know, Brutha, we call him, but he's one member of that, that, uh, that duo, right? Um, but he plays for the Cardinale and uh, he's an artist uh, and very into the conceptual. I dig him. We, 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 we sort of game recognize game type stuff. Uh, I, I like him. I get a kick out of him. And so um, he does this amazing post on, uh, on his birthday, it turns out. We don't even know it's his birthday, but he posts. And it's like a conversation between him and the better half of Bertolisti, right? And it's yeah. like, my love, it's your birthday. What do you, what would you like? And he says, I'd like a, an NFT. And she says, okay, which one? And he says, well, it's, it's this one and it's 400 tests. She's like, $800, really? And he goes, well, but, it, and she says, well, well, is, is it a low edition one? He says, no, it's 175 edition. She's like, what? And she <laughs> says, he says, she says, but does it have utility? He says, yes. She says, is it threesome? She says, yes. And so, so then she ends up buying it for him. It's a nice little, nice little back and forth. But um, he comes in and we just had this like run of people coming in saying, I'm all in on the grotto. I'm diving in, whether they want to get ready for Miami uh, which is going to be the next IRL grotto, right? Whatever their reasoning may be, they want it. So we have free agents, brand new kids coming in, okay? As well as like, uh, there's probably 10 or 12 new people in the bleachers who are like chirping a little bit. We got uh, the, the Ukrainian girl, Katerina, making a little, shows up every once in a while. A little mouse comes in and, and says, hey guys. Uh, you know, we got, there's two Mikeys, two new Mikeys, Right, Mikey Mike and Mike, yeah, and 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 huge Mike, right, Mike Vandy, um, and so Mike and Mike come in and they just like peppering everybody with questions left and right. We got some new Indograno guys showing up, and so there's all this 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 activity with all these questions, and so I I decided that today, you know, I said to you earlier, I go, you know what, we're always telling these new guys to listen to the podcast. Imagine just picking a random fucking podcast and come in. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. It's kind of bad <laughs> advice. You got to start at the beginning. And so we're going to do a little, you know, welcome to the grotto primer. Kind of walk yeah. you through, handhold you. Now, Kit, Kit had all of five minutes to start thinking about this. I just laid, laid this on him. Okay. <laughs> this is not after weeks of, of well thought out and, and, uh, you know, notes and, and uh, all sorts of pre-pod meetings, okay? Now, there wasn't a deck on this one on what we're going to do. We're going to go by the seat of our pants here. 
But um, as I tend to like to do, Kitch, why don't you tell me? Oh, God. Why don't you tell me what the main elements of the project are? So in my mind, you you have your base cards, you have your inserts. I think that's your major dichotomy that you're looking at within the, you know, if you think about opening up a pack of baseball cards, you have your regular baseball cards and you have the insert ones that, you know, in baseball world are just toss away cards that you don't need. But in your universe, they're obviously some of the most powerful cards because they have a lot of utility. Um, I guess we can dive into like how the chases work. For base yeah, cards okay. and stuff, well, like- so, so let's start with that. So that's that's really good. There, there's basically two major elements. That's the base. Okay. So when we talk about base, that's those are the teams, right? As you come into the grotto, you'll see the franchises and the teams, and everybody sort of identifying as I play for this team. I'm a monster. I'm a coder. I'm an elephant man. Whatever. Um, but they're the original series that we dropped when we first started. Okay. Uh, and we went sort of team by team. So each of the seasons that we play in now um, tend to focus and, and, and sort of move around the, the debut of a new team. The first team being the NFTs, okay? And this is series two. The NFTs, and they showed up as NFT artists. All time out, the time places. out. They're series two because series one is are the one of ones. Of each series of those one teams. are the one of ones of each team. Yeah. So okay. that's why people might be confused thinking, oh, NFTs, they're the first set of base cards, but they're series two. And that is why. Also, like I said, series or seasons tend to be the debut of a new team. Okay. But we sort of play with a little fluidity when it comes to what's a series and what's a season. Okay. They don't necessarily match up. So we just finished season nine. And that was the eighth team to come out, right? And we called it Series 9. We called it Season 9. But it's the eighth team, okay? So, yeah, the second series is the first team, okay? So the way they're set up is they're they're a group of, of, of cards that, you know, different players that play for that team. Now, as we saw in that first, in, in Series 2, in that first team, it's possible for a player to appear multiple times. So even in that first series two, Dot Pigeon is both the first card, 001, and the last regular drop card, 013. Okay, so it's a 1964 Dot Pigeon and a 1978 Dot Pigeon. Or excuse me, 1974 uh, Dot Pigeon and 1978. So we had the two different ones there but they came in the same series. So a series, a lot of people will often, when they first come in and they see the team, right? They'll say, oh, this is a team. This is a team of like all these guys play together on the same team at the same moment, right? But as we kind of flush through it, we talk about it. I mean, there's a reason that on that first NFTs team, you have 1964, 1974, 1977, 1978, etc. Right? The dates matter. Yeah. They, dates matter. Okay. They're different, different moments in time of that franchise. Right. So what we see now is a snapshot of that team and 
various ways. Like, like you said, dot pigeon, that's two separate snapshots on two different teams, two different years that he played for the NFTs. And you'll see other people like mad dog Jones, who has played for multiple teams. Exactly. Exactly. So, so the idea being that a, a series, okay. When it drops, Okay, so far has been a, a, a one team, but like sort of chopped up different moments in that team's evolution. Okay, now they have numbers and the numbers become very important. Okay, because we start to relate and, 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 and sort of um, interact one given series with another given series by its number. So that first card, the, one, the famous one, which of course at this point has been you know, sold for the highest amount, uh, collected by the Tezos Foundation permanent collection, put into the very first exhibit of the Tezos, Tezos permanent collection, right? Um, it's number 001. Okay, so it's series two, number 001, dot pigeon. First team, okay. first base card. Right. So as I dropped those original ones, I, I made it very clear. It's actually written on the in the descriptions of the originals, right? It says, if you collect... 001 to 006, you will receive 007 as a chase airdrop, right? So that was our first chase. And so when we talk about these base series, they tend to, as we've seen so far. Now, again, what we're talking about today, okay, and this is one of the key elements in explaining the project, is talking about what we know, what's been announced, what's been written about, okay? What we've been, what we basically said, this is an entity. Once I announce something like that, okay, that's that's law, right? That's the way it is. And so now there may be things that I don't announce yet that are a part of things, and you pl- you you sort of are involved in the project with the understanding that it's it, it's fluid and it grows and it evolves, and at different times different bits of information are released, okay. But for now, for this whole pod, we're going to talk about things we know, right? No, no speculation on my end. You can try. You always <laughs> do, and you'll be, you know, slapped on the wrist and corrected. But I mean, is that a good way of putting it? That that it's important to understand what we know and be open to the idea that you don't know everything yet. Right, and I think everyone needs to start from that that point of you know this is the information that everyone is privy to within the grotto. Anything beyond that is we're also just speculating and threes doesn't have to do what we're saying that we think might happen. Like it's, let's all operate from the same starting point. And that's kind of the point of this podcast. Like let's get everyone caught up on what we know. But it's also very important that, that you can't, you can't live in the absolute. Right. Oh yeah, we know this because like when you were talking about the first series, uh, it, we're talking one through six to get seven as the airdrop. It's not the same series to series, season to season, right? Sometimes it's one through five to get six and then, you know, it, it changes. All that stuff is fluid. Yeah, we've find we've out. had one through four to get five. We've had one through five to get six. We've had one through six to get seven, right? Um, we've had one through six a different way to get seven, and then you need one through seven to get eight. Right. right? That that the, the drop mechanic, even though it feels very familiar each time, almost every series has been different. 
But what remains the same is there are parameters for holding certain cards to receive an airdrop chase. And there are certain things that need to be met in order to get to that next card. Right. And you're, you're told these things at the beginning of a new, of a new series. Right. So the, the one, the one bit of, of, of speculation that often I'll see in the grotto when new people come in and they're asked, Oh, what do, how do I do this? What do, what do I do? I'll see people telling them about like the last season, the last series, right. As though that were law. Right. Like those oh, are well, the rules for the next season too. This is what this happens. And then this happens. And then this happens. Okay. And then of course the next season comes and something's different and people are like, but you said that it was going to be this way. And it's like, well, are you going to listen to knucklehead Jones there who was five minutes into his grotto moment and was announcing laws and, you know, so that's where something like this comes in. This will hopefully be able to point all new people to this particular conversation. Okay. As what do we know? Okay. So we know that base cards um, are released sequentially. Okay. Uh, when we have a new series comes out, they're, they're sequentially. And then the numbers match up over the course of, of different series, right? So you'll have a series 1001, 2001, 3001, 4001, right? And so there'll be some sort of chase, sometimes multiple chases, okay? So we've gone from in the very first series two, we did 001 to 006, got you 007. 008 to 013, okay? got you 16, okay? Because then I said, if you had 001 to 0013, okay, you got 14. So 15, pardon me. Uh, the nest was 15. Is that right? That sounds right, yep. Yeah, okay. And there, because we're sort of adjusting on the fly in the way that I was I, I was getting used to, to putting information out there, okay? Um, I had already announced that the award would be four, uh, would be uh, 14 and so i had to make the chase 15 okay now the reason a little bit of uh, history here the reason i did this okay is because this is my first the first series that, that we were releasing like this first of all not many people were used to the chase aspect of things okay but also i i knew that i had this very long series okay and i knew that it was going to be increasingly difficult to get them and so I didn't want people who weren't there from the very beginning to feel like they had nothing to chase. Okay. So I dropped the one to six to get seven. Okay. But then I didn't want somebody who didn't come in until five to be like, oh, well, I'm, I got nothing then. So after the back half got, chase came in, after I got to that, then I said, oh, by the way, there's also now an eight to 13 chase. So you're in the game. And so now all of a sudden, all these new people who come on in the in the later days were like, oh, great. Now we've got a chance to go for that chase. Okay. And at the same time, by them going for that chase for the second half, they were actually making it harder on the people who had the first half chase to then complete the full chase. Okay. Which is a part of why that very week, you know, these things went from one test or 1.5 test to 100 tests. Right. Because. Well, it's also talking about the chase aspect in general was not as big as it was back then. Like this was a new concept. It was novel and you were working through it. 
now it's commonplace. You see a lot of things like get these three things and you get this other thing for free. Yeah. This was new. Well, and, and so even the, there were small elements of it out there. Okay. But I've still 99% of the time have yet to see the and then what, right? So what if you collect three to get the fourth? You know what that means? You got to buy those first three before that fourth comes out. And then when the fourth's out, it's all over. Right. And we haven't even gotten to the, the future utility, the holder utility aspect of these cards. Right. Which we will um, cover, I would imagine. We'll, we'll definitely get to that today, right? So as we're, as we're building that, those first chases out, okay, it was laying down this idea that during a series, you're going to want to do everything you can to get each of the pieces as you move along. Okay. If you look back now, that the first chase, okay, the first complete chase, if you got all one through 13, right? Even that first, the very first halfway chase, the mid, midpoint chase of Micah, I think only three Micahs have ever sold. Yeah, that's a tough them, card. You can't lift that one up. The majority of them are in the hands of somebody that earned them, right? The ones that did get snagged by other people were early collectors, and I grabbed a mica, but I didn't have one. So when when one of our collectors was like leaving the project, I happily bought that from him, right? Um, Only real when, baseball player that you've painted, I would imagine at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny in itself. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, that one, of course, I, his position, I scratched out to be and wrote artist. Underneath. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and painted him uh, dressed as Picasso. So, um, but by the time you get to the full, like, series, the, 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 the award, which the first one was the Pack Scratch Off Award. I think only two have sold. Pack the the scratch offs. Yeah. Wow. If anything, three have. But the current price right now for them is nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, and like, I would be stunned if anybody dropped that anytime soon. I, I can see I can see a couple of the people that have it being those that are sort of, am I in the project or am I not? Right. But we have any, I mean, you know, we've teased a lot of utility around that. Um, I mean, I don't even want to get started on the Nifty Gateway reward that's also a scratch off and what those could be used for together. You know, who knows? But, but it's, a, it's, it's a prominent card, right? We have the, the dot pigeon, which says you are in, right? <laughs> You didn't sell, you bought it for one or you picked it up cheaper, but you didn't sell it at 500. You didn't sell it at 1,000. You didn't sell it at 3,000. You didn't sell it at 10,000, right? There are people on there who still bought it for one test, okay? Bobby D bought his for one test. And he's just sitting there and the last one sold for 10,000, okay? Um, it's, it's certainly a heavy badge of honor, but also to be able to have that pack award and say, 
I was here from the very beginning and I was playing hard at the beginning and I was, I was doing what I was told to do and I was collecting what I needed to collect. And there were only 15 of us that did it. It was a lot of blind faith back then too, because people didn't know like what all that meant and to still have it today means a lot. So in a nutshell, the base cards, while they debut the new team, they add some dynamic to the narrative as we understand team by team sort of what the evolution of the art piece is. Okay, what is this story that's being told in this whole thing, right? But they also, if collected at the moment, set you up for these chase awards, which are, to say the least, highly sought after, highly coveted, right? Yeah, not to explain the obvious, but to get the chases, you need a large amount of cards in order, right, throughout the drop. And that makes the chases have less additions. They're hard to get. They're coveted cards. Right. So there were 22 possible complete sets in that first series, and 15 were achieved, And so, which, which I remember being shocked. But it also came down to people throwing 100, 140 Tez offers at things to complete their sets and people going, I just paid one test for this last week. Of course I'll take 140. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I paid six tests for this the other day. I'll take 80 right now. You bet. Right. Now, one thing that happens and this, this becomes important for the new player. Um, and it's, it's evolved a little bit, but it's still very much a part of it in those initial series. Okay. I had a structure in place for addition sizes okay, that were meant to do a couple things. They were meant to sort of establish how, how rare something could be, okay, in relation to the other cards in the series, the other paintings, and also to, to sort of set a benchmark for how many complete sets you could have. But at the same time, and so what I did is the first and the last cards in the entire series were the identical edition sizes. So in that first one, it started at 22, Okay. Now every day it went up. Okay. Until we get to fuck render. Okay. And it was 50 and then it goes down again. Okay. Imagine so a mountain down, down the other side. Okay. So it's like a mountain. Now the reason being, and it's funny the way that it was initially perceived and the way they were treated as a result. If you look at the early series, those middle editions, some people are like, well, that's superfluous. Superfluous. That doesn't matter. That's extra. Like ugh, such high additions. I don't want those. Okay. Um, it meant that as we came down to the, to the back end of it, you didn't have to worry that your first one, okay, was now, you know, rendered obsolete. Like it wasn't going to be a, a higher number than the low ones at the end, right? But what it did mean was there were these extras in the middle and they were put there on purpose so that people would have additional pieces, maybe even pick up extras of them so they could use them in utility down the road. And so throughout the early series, the first, uh, the first eight series, the first seven teams, right? We have, this variation in addition sizes 
with the middle numbers tending to be the highest. Okay. Now, on some of those series now, they've actually been used so much that they've come down and you don't really see those spikes in the middle the way that they were originally built. And we'll get to that in a second. But, but the idea being that when there were higher edition sizes compared to whatever the lowest edition size was in a series, it wasn't a disadvantage. It was actually made that way so that, that you had more of a chance to actually collect them because they were, you know, if we think about it, there were about 25 or 30 collectors trying to buy everything I dropped that first series. And there were only 22 editions. Okay. And so 15 managed to get all of them. That increased the next time to around 40 people trying to get all of them. And the next time to about 60 people to get all of them. And they kept increasing the amount of people trying to get these things. If I had kept them at just the same 22 editions for all of those, every tier and every series would have become more and more impossible to get. Yeah, because there's more and more participants every time. Right. Which then would just, it would make it where it would become so impossible to complete a set that that it really wouldn't be appealing anymore. I took all of this into account as I built the original structures and as I got us to where we are today, as far as laying out how many additions. Um, a lot of you guys have always thought that it's sort of like this magic formula that I have. Um, and it's and not. In, a sense it, in a sense, it is. Right. Um, but it's very, it's very, it's very established along the lines of maintaining interest from as many people as we have playing, as many people as we have collecting. Okay. Giving it, it, it should never be to the point where you have zero chance of getting anything. Right. It's about balancing the difficulty. But it should never be so easy that you take it for granted that you're getting it. And that's a tight, tight rope to walk, right? Because quite honestly, you have people who, who spend an awful lot of time and an awful lot of money at trying to do this, okay? Um, you want to make it where they're able to get it, but you don't want to make it where they can just come in and steamroll the little guys. So I'm constantly working on a balance there, which brings us to and we're still in series two, right? We're still talking about that. The first things that we learned, we learned that you had all these base cards. They were in sequential numerical order. Okay. And that you had to collect groups of them to get the, the chases in the middle of it, right there in the middle. I dropped what I titled an insert, the first insert card. Okay. You weren't, you, you didn't get one, right? I have one now. You have one now. But you weren't you weren't around for him when they dropped. Astro, Astro Van Arsen. Okay. Um, now in the painting, it shows a smoldering Chevy Astro van in the background, uh, having just been torched, and the gentleman in the front has, uh, shall we say, uh, some obvious evidence uh, that he was near the fire. He's got some smudges of soot on his face and, and across his white T-shirt. Um, that's all that we. That's all that's painted. I'll leave it up to everybody else to figure out exactly what happened. Insurance yeah. fraud. <laughs> There's a lot of theories, <laughs> but the idea being that they, it was meant to be burned. Okay, 
So I put this this card out there. Now, I put it out as, as a part of some silly little hashtag event at the time, the Hen 100. And how many did you originally mint? 144. Okay. No kidding. Now, yeah. Now, the 144, okay, if you go back to old Topps baseball cards, okay, the printing, the, 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 the sheets of stock that were used to print, okay, initially, well, not initially, but predominantly from the 60s on, okay, were printed in sheets of 132, okay, hmm. which is 12 by 12. 12 by 12 would be 144, though. Oh, no, I'm sorry, sorry. 12, 12 by 11, 12 by 11. You're exactly, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. they're printed in 12 by 11s, okay? And for many years, like a couple decades, all, all like all top sets and, and, and edition sizes as far as the number that were printed were all based on this 132, okay? Which was 660 if you did five of them, Okay. Any, if you had a, if you had an edition size, like a set size that was larger than 660, you would have some carryover, okay, until you got to 792, which would be which, the, the next level, okay, because you, what would happen is you would have like extras prints, so you'd have duplicates. They're called DPs, like double prints, okay. So in a given pack, you there may be some it was more uh, common, more typical to pull a certain card that was printed more often to fill up the sheets. They switched in the 80s, okay, to a to a different printing setup, which was 144. It was a 12 by 12. Ah, they added another row. They added another row. So I thought it would be fun, okay, to make 144 editions of the very first insert, as though it was just one sheet printed today. That's awesome. 12 by 12. Okay. Can you believe only 44 have been burned? We have exactly 100. That's ridiculous. It's crazy that only 44 have been burned. It's really crazy that some were burned just in series three, like right off the bat, people were burning them. And then they, but let's, let's talk about what happened. So these, these things, the idea of that, that hen 100, I think was that you were supposed to, to list a hundred of your pieces for one tense. Okay. And then you're supposed to like put up a hundred and put a hashtag with it and then like hype it all. And I thought it would be funny because at this point, like I was six, six deep and it was already a big hit. Right. And so I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to put them at 0.01, not <laughs> one, which was literally like three cents. Right. Like three pennies. And, and uh, I put them up and they were gone in like seconds. Right. I don't think anybody got more than like four or five initially, like sitting there hammering it, but they were gone very, very quickly, right? Um, but we got people who weren't in the grotto get them. They weren't in the project. They just knew. They were like, at that point, people were looking at it because it had some success with the secondary and stuff. And the bots so were on it. And so they started selling them right away for like one test, two tests, four tests, six tests. And then it got to the point where they were selling about six Tez each. And people were like, this is nonsense. This is 144 editions. What are you guys doing paying six Tez? Oh, my God. And then they dipped. So there's all this, this like pushback of them being six Tez each. And they fell to like four and 350 again. And so there was a time where you could buy an AVA for like three and a half. 
and burn it. And there would only be like six people burning them. And so you could burn it and then get a one in six chance at hitting a monster <laughs> on the next year. Yeah, if people are confused about burning them, we'll get to the utility of inserts a little bit further down the line. Right. But, but I the, bought the mine in is- July. Bought mine in July for 74 Tez. One sold last month for 96. Yeah, the highest that one sold was 145. And that was during an event where I had called him in. Um, and it was Dolby. 145. Shout out. <laughs> He paid 145? Yeah. 142.07 to be exact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that number came from. So so I, I, I put him out there and I said, in fact, you have you have it there. Read the read the description as far as like the utility. This card is not a part of any series two chase. Uh all editions in Series 2 will have future functionality. Right, which is what I called it originally because um, I still think that's what it is. I think it's more functionality and utility. But, but yeah, so that's originally what I – all the originals, they say future functionality on it. So that's all it says. Okay. But the idea being, and I, I announced it, okay, in the grotto, and I said this will be part of a burn mechanic. And so when we started the next series, I announced that you could burn any inserts. Okay. And every one that you burned got you a, an entry on the wheel for specific draws for any given drop. Okay. We go back to that first series that I did it for, the, the series three, the monsters. And there were literally like four or six total burned at any given time. Right. And to bring people up to speed, what are we burning now for a base card? How many burns in a day? Uh, on the last drop, okay, um, we'd have burned 12,000 of them <laughs> in a day. Unbelievable. So I, he's <laughs> trying to show you the exponential growth that's going on here with these. And speaking about this, I kind of want to go into – how people can get these base cards because that's also evolved over time. And like, kind of want to talk about now, like how people get base cards at this point, how do they participate? Before we do that, let's get to what what was announced with them originally. Okay. So, so what you got to understand, we have our first series, we complete it. We drop uh, 15 total cards. Okay. Those that's the, the 12 base cards the two chase cards in the award. Okay. We dropped an insert. And then I told everybody next week, we're going to do another series. Okay. Can you imagine back to back series in a week? We're doing like six month breaks now. Well, the, first of all, I had a lot of stuff raring to go and we didn't have that much utility to play out. Well, and there breaks wasn't aren't really real- breaks either. Yeah, no, our breaks are not breaks, but but we really just didn't have anything else to do, okay. And so what I would I would take a week off between each one, right? Let you guys sort of catch your breath. But but I start announcing during that week off. I say, okay, let's talk about utility. Now this was something that was there was no conversation around in the space. At the very most. The two elements that people were aware of was you could collect three to get four, 
okay? Or you could turn in and burn an older edition of something to get the newer one, okay? Those are things that existed, okay? Anybody that thinks I invented that is deluded. I mean, I've never claimed to have invented the burn or the chase, okay? Um, I do feel that I elevated both, both of them, right? And that it's not just a one-time event. The one-time event means nothing, okay? Any of those, if you go back to original burns or original chases, like I said, it's dead. That, that thing happened. Like you can, that thing is not burnable again. It's just dead. And so if you look at markets, you have this spike in the weeks between it being announced and it being fulfilled. And then you have a complete fall off because now it's worthless again. And they're basically like, oh, you didn't get it in on time. Sorry. That's you all see it, it on Nifty Gateway back in the day constantly. It was like you have this piece, then you get this collector's drop. The price would skyrocket on the way to there after people are dumping them if they didn't get what they were supposed to do. And sometimes it wasn't a one-to-one. It was like, we'll put you into a drawing for something else because you own X, Y, Z. Or you can burn it and we'll give you a print or something. You know, like those were like the main utilities that we were seeing. Right. And that's a very broken system. It's It's sort of here and now at this very moment and it really puts a, a hole into the market in the long term right it, it really makes you question the validity and most of them were responses to having sold too many exactly okay. there were always afterthoughts it was not made with utility in mind it was how can we clean up this mess and then utility would rear its head and say use me buddy yeah, it was very reactionary. And that's a lot of that is where you have some of this pushback against utility. You've got people that feel like it's, it's gimmicky and, and unnecessary because they still associate it with sort of cleanup of a poorly executed dynamic, right? 100%. And for me, from the very beginning, I had, had I felt that, you know, I talk about this a lot, but going back to when I was a kid and when you'd open up a pack of cards, the fact that I was thumbing through so many in the hopes of finding a good one irked me to no end, right? That, that concept that only the, the rare and the few are worth caring about. Okay. That's, that's a major problem in this whole thing. Right. And I felt that the early elements of a burner chase mechanic that I saw in this space highlighted that. Okay. Um, and so I set out from the very beginning to design mechanics and utilities that really meant everything matters at all times. And the only question becomes how much do you want the new thing? Right. When is the utility going to come into play again? What is that specific utility? Because it could be different the next time around. And do you do you want to sell? Do you want to hold? Do you want to utilize it? And those exactly. are the questions you always have to ask yourself about every card in this universe. Every single every single piece should always evoke all three of those. It is now the time to sell it because it's become worth so much. Okay, I need beer. Great collector. Great friend one of the core elements of the project, co-owner of the Elephant Men, very first 
NFT collector to follow me on Twitter, right? Um, he just found that at 10,000 Tez was the price that it was okay to say goodbye to his dot pigeon, right? And I think he did so like unwillingly. I don't think he wanted to part with it. It was just he, like, he, let me post he this at this price. By pricing it, that, that, that it could go, okay? But he wishes it hadn't. But at the same time, it's hard to say no. Famously, he bought, if you go, you go back on the blockchain, he bought two at the original drop, back to back. It took 19 minutes to sell out. So you, you had time to buy multiples. <laughs> Nobody bought more than two, okay? But he went in and he bought two. A few days later, he sold one for 100 Tez to Cornholio that we had on, on our show the other day, right? And then 15 months later, he sells it for 10,000. <laughs> so he's done, he's done pretty well. Yeah. Okay. But it's an element, one of those of it was a time to sell. Okay. We had other people need to get married. We have people that have to pay rent. We have people that, that get mad at me. <laughs> we got people that, that, that just decide they're not in NFTs anymore or whatever, whatever your reason is for selling, there comes a time where that answer to that question becomes now is the time to sell. Okay. Now I, from the get-go, I've wanted to do everything I can to maintain and grow that value. So hopefully when that time comes, you're doing so at a profit, right? I, I, I feel it's the least I can do for these people who have given me this money to, to live this life that I live, right? It's been a hell of a track record on it too. You think you're doing okay. I think you're also very happy when you can fund people's weddings in their future unhappiness oh, I with that money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, the next part becomes, and this, this we're seeing more and more now. Okay. I know what you're going to say, and it is clicking with people now at this point. Which is the hold. Okay. Which is saying, no, I don't want to get rid of this. Um, either it, it has that much more value or that much more utility, uh, or as we're seeing more and more now, it's that I collect this and I, I genuinely collect it and I don't want to let go. I know if I let go, I'll probably never get it back. Right. And that's something that we've really come into where everybody's collecting now in a big, big way in ways that, that really set us apart from pretty much every other project out there. You know, I, I, if you have an ape, you, you may have some traits that you really love. But if I come to you and I go, I'll give you another ape and $10,000, you're probably going to go, okay. That's Such a good point. Because really, it's just you just got to make sure you got ape. And yeah, you can talk yourself into how much extra money you'll take because it has you know the helmet that you want or whatever. But really, but in, in, in our world now, I can't come at you. And early, like new new collectors will do it, right? They'll come at you. Well, I'll trade you this for that. You're like, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. And yes, right now you might look at that dollar sign and go, okay, that's an equal trade dollar. But no, there's no way I'm doing that because you know that that what it is, you may never get back, right? So more and more people now are are, are moving to that holder spot, which, oddly enough, I think actually changes the terminology at this point from am I going to sell it or am I going to collect it 
okay? Or am I going to use it? I even feel that most of our core group isn't even holding it for future gain. Right, it's not speculative value, it's intrinsic value. Right, very much. At the same time, I think we all are pretty sure that if, if catastrophe struck on an individual basis, if something happened and you needed to exit, that you probably are going to be able to do so, right? Very easily. Um, We've seen it. We've seen people exit and get liquidated like that because yeah, there's no, so many people waiting in the wings to scoop it all up. We've seen three major collections that basically just moved as fast as they wanted to list them. I mean, you talk about J-Rocks, I think it was 27,000 Tez worth. Yeah. And that's 27,000 Tez and all of it liquidated like within, he, he listed it sort of in three waves, but like within a week or two of each of those listings. And that 27,000 is pennies compared to the current value of it. Oh yeah. That was a while ago. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, it would go that's faster cheap. today. Oh, it, it would go faster today and it would be somewhere in the realm of a hundred thousand. Right. Like at least, but not only that, that 27,000 was against nothing like maybe 3,500 or 4,000. Cause he did, he like did one liquidation then bought back in and then did it again. You know, he like, I mean, he's actually very smart. He made, he made a lot of money on the project, but. But yeah, we've had, we've had a few at really major collections. A couple of people that had essentially every piece up until that point. And then pulling the plug and walking in the sunset with a lot, right? And so we, we know that, that, they're, they're, that that collector slash holder side, really, it, it just becomes how connected are you to the project? And do you realize that if you, if you pull that trigger, you're probably never coming back in. It's too expensive. It's cost prohibitive to try to re-enter. Like, yeah. it's just too much. It, I mean, once you're out, you're kind of out. I mean, you can hang around with a couple cards here and there, but if you're not at the swipe level or free agent level, then you really you can't play in the public drops. There might not be any left for you. And then, of course, the last thing of those three is the utility, right? Is now the time that you're going to use it to see what it unlocks. And so as far as that utility goes, let's talk and let's go back again to our series two and what we what we had and what, what I announced going into series three. And that is from that point of declaration between series two and series three until now, I mean, this goes on, this is, this is mandate, right? This is now one of the laws of the universe here, right? All base cards have compounding future utility compounding future holder utility, right? The way this works, okay? And we'll just go back in time like we're going into season three, okay? For every dot pigeon 001 that you had, okay? You had one entry on the wheel for series three monsters 001, okay? For every people 002, you had entry on the wheel, for monsters 002 and so on and so forth okay and so and this goes on when you go into series four five six seven eight on down the road okay the compounding part of this my favorite is part is very interesting okay 
And that says that after three series at that level, okay, the next series, it compounds by a factor of one. Okay, so series two, we enter th series three monsters, okay? Each 001 counts for one entry on 001. Series four, one entry, one entry, okay? Series five, one entry, one entry. Now you get to six, three series have elapsed, and now for series six, it's got two entries. So every dot pigeon 001 from series two that you hold gives you two entries on the holder's wheel. Now you go seven, uh, six, seven, and eight. Okay. You can double. Now, now in nine, it doubles to four. Four entries for every series two that you have in series exactly. nine. Nine, 10, 11. At 12, it would go to eight. Okay, go on down the road. Okay, potentially you would be at 64 entries on the wheel for every series two that you hold for that corresponding number. And that's that's we're talking series 21, but you said there'll be 24 series, right? Right, right. I, 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 so um, if we get to the last series, your your series two is going to be times 128. Exactly. And that's that's the top end. Obviously, if we're talking this, this goes for every other series. So, if you were talking monsters in series seven for the Cardinale, you were getting two x. For series three in the tenth season, which is coming up, that's going to quadruple. You're getting four entries for monsters. Exactly. So both in series ten, both series twos and threes have quadruple. Yep. And then every series like that one of the older series reaches that first compound, right? So to let people know, we're going into the 10th season. At this point, series six or before are getting double. Right. So if you're looking at base cards out there, know that series six or earlier, meaning cat moms or earlier, are giving you double entry for holder draws. Exactly. And for the so, corresponding base card number, like 001 for 001. Yeah. Right. 009 for 009. 010 for 010. Okay. Whatever it is that matches up when that new series comes out, whatever the number is, if it's 010, any 010, any 010, okay, going back, has ut holder utility and compounds based on the series it's in. Okay. And so, like, like we said, we've seen different sizes of a series okay there were 15 total in series two okay there were only eight total in series three okay that was six plus one plus one okay then we go up to um is it 15 again for x's yep okay 15 or 16 i thought it was 15 for uh who's the last guy no it's yeah, it's 15, it's 15, right? It is 15. 15 for X's for Ron Hunt, okay? Then we drop down for the subs and the cat moms at 12 each, okay? Then we go up to our um, 15s for the Card Cardinale and the Coders. And the 15 was kind of generally where we were for most of those series after that. Um, 
but obviously we've seen some additional base cards come out during the team event, the original team event when we were trying right. out franchise stuff were so additional we'll, we'll cards to, for we'll get to that. But, but what we learned, what, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. We'll preview. So, so now moving into series three, we had a couple things happen. One that I announced, this is how this is going to be for all holder utility on base cards. Right. But I also announced at the same time that inserts, every insert that you burn for every one of these new series drops, okay, there will be a wheel just for insert burn utility. Every one you burn is equal to one entry. Doesn't matter what insert it is. Okay. It's still like that today. Still like that today. Okay. Of course, our addition sizes, we talked about it being 144 of the Astro Van Arsons, right? And we had nearly 90,000 total uh, Valentines. So people pick and choose, you know, the large edition inserts for burning, obviously. But right. you could burn an Astro if you wanted. You yeah. theoretically could burn an Astro Van Arson. You would be, people would just lose their minds if somebody did at this point, right? But um, hey, that's a utility king right there. If you did it, you're either going to get made fun of or are loud, lauded, lauded? I don't think everybody's going to lodge you for that. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's that's a pretty bad move. You, you, it's safe to say that if you have an insert that's that, that's that's that rare, okay, that's that sought after, you probably don't want to be burning it for one entry on a wheel with up to eleven thousand or twelve thousand names on that. Right? That's true. Yeah. So be smart. I mean, we will see it. You'll you'll see new guys will burn shit where you're like, they're not burning stuff worth 150. Like people are burning things worth seven or ten. Right. Like, you can go out and get stuff for two. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Come on. That was a little a little pricey there. But to explain this for people, like there's multiple ways to get these base cards, right? And one of them is the holder utility we mentioned, right? It compounds depending on what you have in your wallet can get you a card just by having one, right? Get you the, the opportunity to purchase at the, the base price. Right. And then another way Threes was talking about was burning inserts. So that's another way to get yourself a base card during the series. Um, right. And that's so all we the, had right now at Monster Time. Do we have guarantees? No, no. Card? Coming to Monster, I made one last announcement. So I announced that all holders of these base cards, okay, are entered onto the wheel, Okay. So at the time, I think there were 19 owners of the 001, okay? And so 19 people were on that wheel. And I think I think I gave four of them, four of the 19, right? Like like four of the 33 were given to those those guys that held the, the top engine. But the other thing that I announced that same week, okay, was the idea that you could burn any previous base cards to the tune of three for one. Okay. And guarantee yourself your choice of any upcoming base card. Now. Play that out in series three. Play it out with the monster. So my announcement of this, there was only one person in all of series three that did this. They burned three for the first one. Okay. I would imagine that their thinking was, I the the number 001 was very hard to get. It's sort of the key. If you get it, it's the low edition. It's going to give you the, the chance of getting the stuff, right? 
they also probably had lots. I'd have to go back and we'd have to figure it out, do a little forensic digging to see what they had. Okay. But I believe they burned, you got to correct me on this, but I believe they burned two Baltes and a thank you X. You know this person? It's Dick Slayer level three. Okay. OG. OG. Um, don't, I think they maybe, no, they didn't. They didn't, they didn't collect the series two set. They weren't, they didn't, they didn't complete it. Um, my feeling is they may have been one of the early scripters, mm. which were there. I think, and, and I think they were, because they were picking up some multiples of those higher edition ones. Well, it's funny that you say that because that's kind of how I started playing, right? Because I didn't have a whole lot of money to play with. So what I did was when I jumped in, I got the cards that I could kind of afford on secondary, tried on public once that was like a thing. And then, you know, if I couldn't complete a chase, I'd flip some cards, right? You'd sell some to make some Tez back. And then by the time, uh, was it the subs? By the time the subs came out, I got every single card. I could have spent some more and got more X's at that time, but I wouldn't have been able to compete at the level I did at the subs chase. And sometimes you have to, you know, play your, your strategy like that back in the day. Like, I don't know if it's similar today, but, you know, depending on how much money you have, you have to play up to your level. And like, that's definitely yeah, I, what I was doing. I was flipping a lot. I think that's, that's where you, where you are, where somebody like Dick Slayer then had picked up multiples, didn't have the set and then said, Oh, I'm going to go for it. Right. And 001 is the way to start going for it. <laughs> right. And so if you look at the time, at that time, the like a Balte was like eight Tez. Okay. Um, Thank you, X was probably eight Tez or 10 Tez. Right. I would imagine, let's just say they, they burned 30 Tez worth of value. Right. The moment that those monsters came out, they were in such demand that Chuck Hinton 001s, they were selling for like 60, 70, 80, 100 Tez at the snap. Okay. I don't, I, I don't know. I have to go, like, I could get forensic on it and go and look and see. I don't even remember if Dick Slayer like, completed a, a monster set. But it's not a horrible move if you're like a constructive flipper, right? Especially if you maybe you don't have that much to play with to look at it and go, now I get to start this whole series with a hundred Tez that I can, you know, fire at each one of these and flip and flip and turn it into something, you know? Now, Dick Slayer is like a weird one. We really don't know him. I, he's, uh, he's messaged with some people. He's, uh, you know, I hear that he answers a thing now and then or he pops in or says whatever. He used to message me quite a bit. But when it comes down to it, the guy's in on everything. He's a free agent. He turned down his offer to, to play for the Cat Moms famously, which the Cat Moms have never forgiven him, I'm certain. <laughs> so funny. Um, People can debate until the end of the time if that was a good call or not. But, I mean, if it ends up getting you to the chase for three, well, tell it you, was 100%. I, know for, I watched what he did in the second half of season nine. First of all, as a free agent, he hit more than anybody else. Because he's you got holder, he's got utility, he was burning stuff, but he was hitting four and five of every every drop, and then he was selling them. 
and then he was buying like series threes and series twos. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. He was, he was hitting, let's just say, four oh oh sevens, and then selling them for 150, 180, 130, and then immediately going and buying whatever cheapest monster was out there. That's then, such a great move for free agents because what you want are these older cards. That's what threes is telling us right now about this compounding utility. That's what's going to get you the max holder return on what is in your collection. The, yeah. the quickest. I mean, over time, even the season tens will end up being quadrupled down the road, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, more than that. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, it doesn't take that long to get quadrupled, you know? Season tens by season seventeen, it's it's worth four. Yeah. Season twenty one, it's worth eight. You know, um, and so, and not only that, we'll get to these other things that play out. This is one element of it here. But but we go back to that that time between two and three, and I announce you can burn any three of the old ones to get the new ones. Now we move. We only had the one burn for the Charkenton. A lot of, I mean, you go back in time and you look at what Baltes are worth now and thank you, X. You know what? Not the smartest move. Only because those were like very early cards that are now astronomically valued. Right. Yet, you go look at Dick Slayer, I think he still has a couple thank you, X. You know, he's still got a lot of those series twos. He did end up selling some of them at much higher prices later on. Okay. Who knows what moves, like I said, if you've got friends, are going to what moves he made with that Chuck Hinton to become this, to become that, to do this, to do that. The guy ends up hitting the one-of-one one Godzilla in the, the draw, right, <laughs> eventually. I mean, done. he's done okay. He's probably a top 15 player in the whole league, right? Not sitting, we're not talking shit about you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone's got, got their own path, you know, like – if we talk to every single collector, they did this. You know, it was like selling this thing for holding this thing to, you know, it's just you have to play the game. Yeah. And this is part of it. And this is part of it. And and the game evolves. And it's sort of looking at it. What can I do at this moment with these things? And when you're starting out, sometimes you will forego something, which down the road will be huge. But you've got to live in the fact that by doing that, you gave yourself this many more options at this many more things. You might end up with a much more broad and developed collection if you make those early moves. Then if you would, yes, if everybody who bought their original dot pigeon one had sat on it, they would all be sitting there going, wow, these are amazing prices. Except that means if none of them had sold, the first one that sells would be 10 Tez now instead of 10,000 because that's what Dino sold his for famously. Not to mention if everyone would have burned them all or Chuck Hinton, there'd be none in the permanent collection for Tezos. Exactly. Exactly. And all this has to play out the way that it does. And it just, this is the so, story. This is part of the project. And so really there, there is no wrong answer. There's no right answer. Okay. As the, the, the wrong answer, we joke about it, but it's really true. The wrong answer is passing on something. Right. Okay? If you have the option and the means to buy something that's offered to you, and you say, no, nah, I'm going to wait on that. No, nah, nah, I'm good. Now's not the time. Okay? If you have that option and you don't do it, you're probably going 
to kick yourself down the road. If you are given the option to buy the thing for the lowest possible price, you should buy the thing for the lowest possible price. <laughs> well, there's one caveat to the guaranteed burn that you haven't talked about, which is its compounding well, utility as exactly, well. Exactly. And so as I announced that any three can be used, that same compounding utility works, except in a, in a different aspect. It goes backwards. Okay. So for example, you can burn any three series twos. Okay. To get series three, to get series four, to get series five. Starting in series six, it drops to two, six, seven, eight. You get to nine and forever forward. Every series two, you can burn one for one for any new base card. So let's imagine now we're in series 12 and it's kill or be killed. It's a fight to the finish. Everybody's out. We got way more people playing and the additions are tight and it's hard to get. And you have 001 to 010. And, and you, you need, need that 11. goddamn 11. You need it so You need bad. 11 to get both 12 and 13. All you got to do is burn a series two. All you got to do is one. burn an X. At that point. Yeah. Maybe you got that for a Tez, but maybe it's worth 500 Tez. And you have to debate, ooh, a hand in the bush or what, what, exactly. is, what is it, birds? And I don't know. I'm high. Keep going. Try it. Bird in the hand versus two in the bush. There it is. There you go. Thank you. you go. Close the loop there. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's that you know that's that moment where you go. Yes, this is worth five hundred. But the two things I need, that by doing this I'll get two more pieces. So you'd actually be getting three pieces. You'd be getting that one for one burn. Plus it would qualify you for the chase. Plus it would qualify you for the full chase, which would put you in a position to do whatever you had to do for the next chase and the and the full set. You don't think that's worth five hundred? To then you know is that a good trade off? And maybe would it you, only costs you one tez. But it the only costs you a tez. You know, yeah, it costs you one yeah. tez back in the time. And so that's this this moment where. As the, the older a card is, the more power it holds. Not only is it giving you more entries into those holder draws, which just grow and grow and grow, but they build up a power where they can become one for one for any base card. Where are we at now with that? What's the, what's the latest card you can burn one to one for this upcoming season? Coming into this, any, any monsters. Monsters one to one for the new season. Yep. One to one. And NFTs. So. Yeah. So series twos and series threes. Okay. One to one. You just take one and burn it immediately and you get it automatically. We had that happen. We had a number. Ashley Wicker did a number of series two Diaconos. And that's something we didn't touch on was the expansion packs that came during the team event. Right. We'll, we'll, We'll get there in just a minute. So, so here we are. We understand that you hold these things. They deliver more entries as time goes on. You, the, the longer you hold them, the more burn power they have. Okay. With the inserts, we know 
a couple things. And this that week between series two and series three is crazy because it really starts laying out this concept that they're going to be these these new series, these new teams that we're going to be receiving very very you know very traditionally sort of a more programmatic and 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 scheduled time to drop and and more parameters that are very fixed. But you're having these inserts that just appear out of nowhere. Okay. These, these one-offs or these little mini sets or these things that come out. And so as they happen, they're usually very cheap. Okay. And they are immediately granted this burner utility that you can burn them one for one for an entry onto the wheel. Okay. But they're very often given another utility. Right. So it's announced this insert will have all standard utility, meaning standard insert, meaning you can burn it one for one. OK. It can also be used like just, for example, we we're playing poker the other night. Right. Any five inserts was the cost to play. Right. Um, well, often, you know, right now the girlfriends are happening. Girlfriend spins and it'll say any five inserts is what you got to do or any three inserts. So they have that standard. They're considered an insert. It can be it can be used anytime an insert is called into play. But many of them, and the majority of them at this point, have some sort of announced utility beyond that. Talking holiday inserts. We're talking painting holiday, inserts, painting, bidding, bidding yep. stacking, stacking. Okay. Um, and so all of these things get announced as an insert comes out. Usually these inserts are very cheap when they're initially dropped. <clears throat> Traditionally, they've been, they've held a great value, right? I mean, it's even right now, even when things aren't necessarily being called in and you see Marlena's sort of trading in what I consider to be a little bit of a discount right now, okay? They're still 6X, just like automatic, right? Um, when they're being called in, they're 15X, they're 20X, right? I just today, anybody that's listening to this on the first drop, go look at the thread that I put up, okay, which we talked about in the pod, but it's nice to just sort of read at your own pace and go through it. But step by step, it walks, walks you through how you go from a bulk insert of black and white Marlenas all the way down to a painted X 101. With quadsums right. in between there. Right. It's the, 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 the layers and the steps there of the painting utility, the painting mechanic. It's a good one, right? And so every insert has that secondary level of announced utility or to be announced, okay? The the, the Buddy Bradfords, the, the <laughs> hand holes, okay? Um, they weren't originally announced as a yellow with team event utility. Also okay. didn't mention anything about them being transferable to 3P. Right, exactly, okay? And so... There was, there was nothing there that uh, at its drop on the surface, okay, but over time, any piece can take on newly announced. Now, once it's announced, there's no going back, right? Now, it's those prices are going up, so be careful, because now buddies are 20 Tez. <laughs> 20 Tez, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, there were 5,555 of them, okay, because that's all you guys ordered. You, you ordered probably like 5280 or something, and I just rounded it up to 55555, five, 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 right? 
That's all you ordered. I was like, hey, you can have as many as you want. <laughs> it's all you ordered. Never buy enough inserts. And of course, now they're sitting at 35X. And they move. Thing. And they move at those prices. And so, so with the, with the inserts, it becomes this thing where now they're happening independent of the base drops. Okay. As they're, they, they happen, they're announced at whatever their particular utility. We won't get into those. Okay. It's just this idea that, that it does something more than the insert, but at the same time, it may very well be the cheapest avenue you have to just traditional insert utility. Right. So right now the pinks are still the cheapest out there. Okay. So if you want to just burn a random insert, you go buy a pink. It's just the cheapest. Yet we do know that you can stack them, that their utility changes based on how many exist. Right? And a whole episode on this, you can go back and listen to it. It's wild. <laughs> okay. The utility changes. It evolves every day. Any day, it's more can get burned of another to bump it up into a different tier, whatever. Okay. Knowing that, it still is just the cheapest insert utility. Okay. And so the idea being, when you're looking at what this project is, Okay, and we're not even talking about the art side. We're not even talking about the conceptual or the or the the performance aspect of it. We're just talking about it as <clears throat> the collectability and the the basic utility dynamics, right? It comes down to new teams are released as series, okay, and the series have numbers which correlate in, in and out of the series themselves okay you can you can line up all the 001s or all the 010s or all the 015s or the couple 017s that are out there right you can line them up that way and then as you are moving through it your value of the of the given piece you hold grows in relation to how old it is compared to what's being released right now. Okay. At the same time, the inserts are another mechanic, which will help you get these new cards that come out, but it's value grows in the different sorts of utilities that it offers. Okay. Which at the same time, over time can grow and mature into new things, new announcements. Okay. Um, there are constantly, I mean, constantly, it's been seven months now, right? Next week will be seven months since we dropped the last bulk inserts, okay? Um, but we, we do drop new inserts, which give you a chance of buying them at really cheap prices compared to what they'll end up trading, right? And... As they're announced, it may be announced with a new utility. It may, the new utility might come down the road, whatever it is. The idea being that the insert becomes this utility token, this mechanism to help you get through all of the new base card issues and, and what have you, right? Yeah, I mean, and over time, you know, the three history lessons we did on the separate inserts, we're all teaching us how to think of these mechanics for the base card drops because then there were new ways to get the base cards based on those types of utilities one thing that you've, you've mentioned and, and and we'll dive into this because it's coming coming up on a year anniversary since we did it okay and it's it's sort of the 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 prelude to the franchise era right it was where i started test drive. test drive i i couldn't 
when I dropped this back in series two, and there were only 20 people fucking following me and trying to collect it and whatever, if I had told the 20 of you, okay, oh, by the way, you're going to own these franchises and you're going to trade this and you're going to have people working for you that run your, and you're going to need a social media department and a merchandising uh, department. There should be 24 of these teams, by the way. <laughs> if I told you all of those things, it would have been overloaded. It would, it would have, it would have been very, it was already pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. People are overloaded now. <laughs> but I could, I had to slowly, which is why if we go back historically and look at each of these things we're talking about today, it was this like one step at a time to get you to where you were comfortable in doing these things, which eventually the longer you're here, the more comfortable you become in them, right? But to introduce the idea of the teams being more than the paintings themselves, we had the first ever team event, okay? In doing that, I released a new series base card like a new, a new base card of the given series of every one of the existing teams at the time. Some got multiple series too. Yeah. Well, yeah, they got multiples based on whether, you know, they got the original one, everybody got one, and then the top three teams got a second one. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so in order to get that, we, we, there were a number of ways that you got them. Okay. But you were put on a team and then you received that team's new base card okay it was a part of the original series though so when esteban diacono came out and was given to everybody who played for the nfts it was a series two okay? which people didn't understand at the time people weren't thinking in that way including nobody me. nobody could think about this it was really hard for people to grasp most people just assumed that series two was over let's reiterate this point because that uh, Esteban Diacono coming out, what, eight months after the original uh, drop or so, is treated exactly the same as DP001 when it comes to holder utility compounding, yep. as well as the guaranteed burns. So people were at the point of burning a single Esteban one-to-one -one match in the last series to get a guaranteed burn. Right. And those, those Estebans came out months after the initial Series 2 drop, okay, were given out for free, basically, um, were relatively high addition size. Many of them were burned. Many of them were burned. No, it's way down now. 109 now, right? And there's a great um, story about Esteban we can talk about on another pod, but that's a fun <laughs> card to burn. <laughs> um, but but the idea that I that I dropped there was not only this idea that now you're going to be on teams. You're going to learn to work together. Uh, that's, like I said, the, that's the prelude to what we're really doing now, where they, these teams actually are their autonomous organizations, right? But I was also telling you the idea, and it still hasn't really sunk into a lot of people. Most people will look at a series as a completed action. Never have I ever said all right, say your goodbyes to Series 3. Say your goodbyes to Series 5. Well, something that opened it up to me was, hey, look at the numbers that you used. 001, three digits, not two, meaning we could go all the way up to 999 cards for each series easily. 
Not easily. I, I don't know about I don't know yeah. about easily. I don't know. I tossed him easily out there. I don't reel that Jesus back in. Christ. Um, we're gonna have to maybe cryogenically save my head. <laughs> you you got back. Dino like training on the painting <laughs> tiny paintbrushes, right? Like <laughs> how are my kids gonna play this? <laughs> but but no, it, it it without commenting directly to the to the three digits thing, it's a wise assumption there. Um, but I've never said that it's over. Just in October of last year, I dropped new additions to every team. That was so, a fun event, by the way. It was so much fun. And at the conclusion, you had to burn six different ones from the team event to get the new dot pigeon card, which I think is 017, the 17th NFT card. It's, it's 017, yeah. Yeah. And there were 44 of them. That's the only dot pigeon one that I own. Oh, that's the only so one you got? I'm real proud of that one. I've been scoping um, out a 13, but keep that on the DL. Well, as I tell the whole podcast. You told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Slide my DMs if you got one. Um, but no, it's it's a, it's an important, I think an important lesson, that team event is is it's kind of what I'm trying to evoke here. These are the things that I've said. I've just walked you through the things that I've said. There's a lot that's unsaid. You're not ready for it. You're not ready for me to say all of the things that you're going to need to know. Okay. You guys can barely get through the things that I've said. I got people that have been playing this thing since last fucking July. And I swear to God, when season 10 gets here, they're going to hit me with, uh, how many X's can I burn for for your base card? <laughs> They're going to. Wait, and or the best the best is that I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the, the DM that says, wait, you can burn base cards? Why would you do that? <laughs> really? Oh, that changes everything. I get that <laughs> I get that that changes everything at least twice a season. <laughs> From people where I'm like, have you been paying attention to anything? I don't stop talking. The only way that I ever stop talking is when I get sick. That's happened a grand total of twice. And the second one was super short. Thank God. But but yeah, so it it basically take stock in what you know. Okay. You're gonna hear people telling you what they think might happen. Okay. No. Just, <laughs> just it's not going to end well for you. Okay. The speculative play here of what might happen. Okay. What used to happen. No. Think about what you've been told will happen. Okay. That is every base card. Okay has compounding holder utility. It also has compounding burnable utility. At any new drop, the corresponding numbers being dropped, okay? You go back in time and you look at what those other ones were and those are the holder utilities. Your insert utility, standard insert utility is announced and known, okay? And that is what it offers you as far as an insert burn, okay? Your, your announced utility, okay, of its 
secondary utility, let's call it. Okay. It's, it, it, it's, it's announced, you know, that it does that thing. Yes, it could do something more. We've already seen examples where it did this thing, never stops doing that thing, but it did this thing. And now it does another thing. And it might not do that other thing forever. Well, no, but if it doesn't do the thing forever, it's announced as a limited right. utility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just so we're clear of that, right? There are times where I'll say, there, and sometimes they're printed on it. Sometimes at the beginning, it says this is has a limited utility up until this action. Right. Read the descriptions. A lot of good stuff in the description of the card. A lot of good stuff in the descriptions. But I, I think without having to get into the details of what all the inserts do, the details of, you know, who owns what franchises and what they're doing with them. Okay. Those are sort of like the, all of the, the advanced insert stuff, all of the advanced franchise stuff. That's where you just hang out and learn it. Exactly. Okay. Like if you don't have it now and you, think, oh, this will do something in the future. You can go out and buy them and wait for the day when you call them into use, right? Like there's going to be a form. You'll explain what they can be used for and we'll go over it in the grotto. It's not like you have to be like, oh shit, I don't know what to do other than like, oh, I don't have that. So I can't participate unless I go buy it on secondary. Something that happens often when somebody new comes in, the obvious move is to go buy the cheapest stuff that's out there. Okay. Nine out of 10 people that come in immediately go buy the floor. Two Tez Marlenas. 0.7 Tez Valentines. Okay. And then they, they go, oh, well, that, that Marlena is a colored one. That looks fancy. So I'm going to spend 15 Tez on that. And then they go, oh, I kind of like the cat moms. I'm going to buy a cat mom. We'll buy the cheapest cat mom. Okay. Cheapest cat mom is the highest number it's from the the team event that we just talked about right okay millie may millie, miley may right i thought 13. it was milky for a long time <laughs> um but it's number 013 right and so these these moves are like the typical textbook moves so now you do, you do that and you just spent 150 tes you picked up a base card yellow marlena couple inserts and now you're like, all right, I'm ready to play. And then people are like, okay, time to burn inserts. I'll burn 700 inserts. And you're like, wait, I have two. <laughs> and that's where I'll get the first, the guy who goes, all right, I'll burn my yellow Marlena. And then I have to go, no, no, no hey, Junior. <laughs> Let's, I saw you burn the yellow Marlena. Probably didn't want to, right? Just double check it here. And I'll give it back to you. And I'll say, no, it doesn't count. But you're probably making the wrong choices because you're new and you don't understand these things. Now, two things happen. Either you cross your arms and you go, this is complicated and I don't understand it and this is too much for me and I, everything I did was wrong. Okay? Some of those people will do that and storm out of the grotto with their 150 tests that they spent. And then what happens in three months? They start getting offers the 550 tests on those things. <laughs> and then they take them because they're like, oh, glad to be out of that. 
except the fact that they're getting offers for 550 tests probably means that the market on them is about 1,000 tests. Okay, this happens every single day. Most of the offers being taken are either by degenerate gamblers in the grotto who are paying their loan sharks. Or people not paying attention. Or people who aren't paying attention. They don't know what these things are. Okay, and they just walk in. They go to their Tez collection, which has zero offers for anything. And then they're like, oh, wow, I paid 30 Tez for that. I'll happily take 50 Tez today, even though it's selling for 150. So what's your advice to a newcomer? Because I know what mine would be. Mine is this. Do what you're going to do. Okay. And and then ask around and just be okay with it and understand that you actually didn't make a bad choice. It maybe wasn't the most educated choice at that moment. Okay. But you're going to have plenty of new opportunities as a brand new player by by jumping into free agency and, and, and spending the $250 to become a free agent, okay, you're going to get some of the most powerful cards out there immediately. Those are your rookie cards. When the season starts, the new free agents will get these rookie cards that are going to give them a leg up, okay? They're going to give you a shot in ways that only brand new free agents get. So it's a huge advantage, right? But more than anything, look at it this way. Every other fucking project that you get into is asking you to spend a considerable amount for a piece or two or three, okay? They probably are not going to do very well. And they just just sit in your wallet. They just sit in your wallet, and then they remind you of bad choices you made. Whereas... This project's pretty fucking liquid. You could be the top sell on something that you buy a base card and it was like the highest price it had ever sold at. Wait three months. It's not. It's Wait not. a month. Yeah. You know, there's no card you could buy in this universe that would be a bad purchase. Only in the fact of like, maybe that one's not coming into play yet or that's something that you don't really need at this time and there's probably better ways to spend your money. None of it's going to lose you money. My advice, if you're not going the free agency route, the swipe route, does that get you access to the holder utility and stuff? Or you have to be free agent to get that and play on a team either way? Well, we actually, that's a a good question, right? Um, As it stands right now, we don't have anybody holding a swipe who's come in who is not already a free agent or playing on a team. Because your interest needs to be pretty high to jump in and buy a swipe at right. at this point. Yeah. Okay. In the off season, you, you're getting the swipes guarantee you access to every drop. Including the bulk insert drop, which a lot of new people were missing because they were buying inserts on secondary. Right. They didn't have a whole lot of volume. Price. Right. So once you're in and a bulk insert drop happens, that's your chance to build up. And once you have a bunch of inserts, like you said, the options are endless at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, without a doubt, if you're into the project, you want to get in, you've, you've kicked the tires, you've looked around, you've sort of tread water for a bit as you watch all this play out. Okay. A swipe is going to open the door. 
Okay, you get an extra two hours a week live with me where we talk about a lot of stuff that that comes into play, right? There's a lot of of sort of inside American baseball that we talk about in there, right? Um, Different, you had the actually, extra spin on the wheel specifically every, for swipe holders. Specifically, right? You're on every single drop, which is huge. It's a good way to pick up stuff is you know we have these 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 super rare drops during the off season very limited inserts and such right talking father's day we're talking mother's day we're talking all that stuff super bowl okay coming up we've got you know grotto friends coming up in the very near future that's going to be you know exclusive right um you pick up something like that that there's let's just say you know um father's day right addition to 33 right or edition of 27, maybe it was. It's real low. I don't have one. But, you know, you pick up that. There's 27. Well, then you got 120, 150 people that want every single card dropped, right? People will either buy it from you for an exorbitant amount or trade all sorts of things. You come up and you're, you hit a brand new Mother's Day or Father's Day or something like that. You're like, hey, give me five base cards and 100 inserts. Done. You you could pay off your swipe in no time based on the drops that you win because you can enter them because you have a swipe. Yeah. Oh, no, it no, pays no, for no, itself. No yeah. question. Doesn't matter Fosogs or or any girlfriends. Of the girlfriends. Yeah. Even though they're costing us more than anything right now, we'll see. <laughs> they'll they'll pan out. They usually do, but we'll see. But but no, I mean a swipe is is a hell of a move, and and we've seen. Um, you know, the, the Tez price on swipes is climbing. Tez is down. It's pretty standard. They, for a while, have been five to $800 to come in, right, um, on secondary. The only way to get them. Um, but... The lower entry point is the free agency, though, about 250 bucks. You get in, you're playing, you're you're in all the drops. Your holder utility matters at that point. You can burn inserts to get on the wheel. Without that, without declaring free agency or having a swipe, like you just have the public drop, right? Like to reiterate this to newbies. Like, right. And yeah, that's you, you if have there's any need, left over. You have a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Chance. So you need to declare for free agency to play. If you want to take the next step, having a swipe puts you your your full grotto at that point. Yeah. So let's let's look at that for a second. Let's say you declare for free agency 250 and you bought a swipe 750, 800 grand for for $1000. Okay? You're stepping in ready to play. Like ready to play. And already going to be granted first of all. You're going to get 10 rookie cards for season 10. I bought the last rookie card for 40 Tez recently. And right. I think they went for more than that during the season. During the season, they were going for, for 70 to 110. Yeah. You know. Not to mention you get paid if you're a free agent and get picked up by a team. You get paid in three penny, which is going to pay off what you paid to declare free agency in the first place. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, as well as like when you're on a team, then you have this whole network of people helping you and guiding you and Every day in the team channels, there's talk of, okay, this thing's happening. This is, you know, you've sort of experts, the team owners, the best collectors out there, right? Saying, this is what this means. 
imagine you have like a one-on-one with you, Kitch, you know, right. with you, you and EJG at the, you know, tip of your yeah, finger. More so Crouton, like a, he's, he's a wizard when it comes to the strategy of this game. Yeah. And, and so every team has their aspect of that. <clears throat> and so by being a free agent, you're, you're setting yourself up to become a part of one of the teams. But at a, a thousand, a thousand Tez where you're getting all of the utility of the swipe and all of thousand dollars, not Tez. thousand dollars, pardon me, thousand um, dollars. And you're getting all of the, the, even just to begin the rookie card utility coming into the new season. It's a hell of a fucking deal. I think, let's put it this way. If I allowed every active player that exact deal right now, if I said, give me an extra thousand dollars and you can have these two utilities on top of what you've got right now, every single one of you would be like, can I get extras? Yeah. Like literally not one of you would say, no, I don't want 10. Even if I just said for a thousand dollars, okay. For 600, for 600 Tez, I'll give you 10 rookie cards. <laughs> That's I a deal. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's taking that. And that includes the swipe price, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, look, that's, you compare that to most entry points. It's, 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 it's a bargain okay, against any serious uh, project. And this is a serious project, let's be honest. Okay. But the community that's built into it, that's going to walk you through and guide you through. And the way that, you know, there's a lot of people in the bleachers maybe who are like, you know, bleachers is a wacky place. It's meant to be a wacky place. But the bleachers are that that place where you come in and it's like you can ask you questions and we'll you know everybody will, will help you out. But it's a different atmosphere when the grotto welcomes you in. For sure. It's a it's it's a great place in there. And so yeah, I mean, we've never thought about it this, from this perspective, right? We've never said, hey, that thousand dollars gets you in all the way into the project. You know? Fully. Everything you need. Yeah. Um, but all that said, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, let's be honest. Look, where, where are swipes at right now? One's listed for 666. Maybe sneak one in 500 Tez at this point. Oh, oh I think you could eat. I think 500. I think I think people take 500 all day. Yeah. yeah. I think I think 450 gets you one. But what I want to know is how many are out there. I know we talked about this. There's not a whole lot. I mean, there could genuinely be fewer than six that are really on the market right now. We're not trying to sell you, but this is an urgency move here. Call to action. <laughs> now, it's one of those things, the, 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 the sort of weird thing about it, I bought a, a ton of swipes, right? Yeah, I thought you held some back, but you bought them. Yeah, no, I, I, I okay, I, I held back thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, but then there's you only, also bought some. There were listed. There's only above. six of those left of those thirty-three that I held back. Twenty-seven of them I've given out to people that were deserving of help or or were complimentary to the project or what have you. That was the, the initial intent was I was going to hold back 33 just for that purpose. But I went in a year ago. I gave out on, on August 22nd, 23rd, right? Took the snapshot on the 22nd, 
delivered them on the morning of the 23rd. And then while I was up in the mountains, which is a little over a year ago, okay, as I was, I was painting, um, uh, I was getting quad set and I was painting the initial bones of threesies. I went up to the mountains for four days. During when I was up there, I fucking cleaned the floor and I bought nine of them. Everything under 100 tes, or maybe even 100, 150 tes. But I, I have like seven of those left, or six of them. I gave, I gave a couple away during like Super Bowl or stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But that gives me twelve of them. When we get to the point that people aren't shaking any loose, that's where I come in. I think. Make a little money on so, them. Come on, giving them away. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm I'm saying, and also not talking about giving them away anymore. I mean, I have the 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 vault ones there for giving away, right? But I bought all those, and if it comes down to it, and I see somebody who wants to come in, and there's an offer out there, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll take that offer. Well, it's good to know for people out there. You have twelve that are ready to go. You know, if it gets to that point. Yeah, if it, I mean that's the thing. If we get to a point where none are shaken out, and you're putting serious offers out there, and you're showing that you want to be a part of this project, I'm not going to let you, you know, be left out in the cold. Now, there's only so many. We get to a point when all those are gone. Sorry, like then it's it's going to take. Then you're going to have to know that there are people who have multiples, and you're going to you know have to come to some sort of agreement with them. Lucha, lucha, lucha beer, uh, crouton. A lot of people. I mean, those those three guys have like four or five each. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then you got other people who have twos. Miz sold one the other day. I took. I took. I what I did is I bought Mrs. And after the the royalty discount, it was right in line for me to accept the offer of the next guy, and it was basically a wash. But that guy was he really wanted in. Made it happen. So I made that happen. Yeah. So you know, if we get to a point where where the pricing is not allowing people in, and people want to come in, I'll probably step in. Well, but, I think this is a hell of a primer episode. Yeah, I think it's a good one. And I, if you made it to the end of it, and I hope you did, you know. Um, we love these sorts of conversations. I mean, truly, if you get, if you really want to learn about this stuff and there are a lot of people in the grotto will have conversations with you. Okay. More and more people are, are, are really sort of evangelizing, like putting it out there, talking about what we're doing, you know, um, if you guys are in the mood to be doing that, you probably want to listen through this one more time too before you get out there on, on your own two feet to do it, right? Really be sure you, you've got keen understanding of these aspects of it. Yeah, because I think a lot of people want to take this part for granted because it's just muscle memory for us, you know? Yeah, but, but um, you know, we're, we're not in a hurry to, to up our ranks to bring in a bunch of new people. It's not, it's not an urgency by any stretch. Right. But we love having new people. I mean, it's some of our best players from last season were people who were just brand new. 
really, you know, Ronomac went from being a, a absolute rookie, never been a part of a drop, to being a team owner. You know, um, rookie of the year. We know, yeah, we we know that we know that people can fall in love with the project and really put a lot of themselves into it right out of, off the bat. And we, you know, this is a good point to mention. And I, I ran the numbers on where we stand on what's listed and what the floors are and what the market cap is and everything. Right. You could come in with $10,000 and like triple the market cap. <laughs> it's, it's, the floors are so thin on so many of these. I mean, there's series that there's a handful available. Like a handful. And even since I ran it, I ran it on uh, on Monday. And since then, we had a Lerona. So floors up on, on Series 2, right? Lerona went from 500, which is sold for 500. Now it's at 33.33 again. Okay. We had uh, uh, subs and, and monsters sell recently at floors, driving those up. And we're getting to a point on some of these older inserts. I look at some of those. I look at Marlena's. There really are not that many available. They're underpriced, They're underpriced too. Oh, they are. I can't believe when some people are selling them too. I can't believe it. It's fun to watch. Fun to watch. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kitch. You appreciate you're the best at this. To, to the reiterate the fact, before, before we leave, declare for free agency, buy a swipe, and then and, fill and out your fucking form. Fill out your forms and trust that Kitch is the best in the business. No awards on. I'm looking at his 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 mantle back there. There's no awards. There should be. It should be. It should be. You should have room on those shelves. We're greedy. The, we do it for the love of the talking. What is that? Windows ninety five for dummies. What the hell have you got on your shelf? That's there? a bunch of beer brewing yeah. books and Ayn Rand. <laughs> Out of no fucking clue. Oh God! Which what do you got there? Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged? Or? That's Atlas Shrugged. I've never read it. I heard it's like just nonsense, really. It's uh, not that far off from what the Grotto is. I'll give it a go. <laughs> All right, Kitch. Thank you very much. I love you. We'll talk soon. Who is John Galt? That's from. I know the name. Yeah, yeah, I know it's from the book, but I I don't know who he is. <laughs> All right, I'm out. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.